Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations with your host, Reed and Frank. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well. I'm uh, getting ready for Cinco de Mayo. Going to be having quite a big party here soon. Yep, it's coming up soon. I'm ready for it. And uh, get some get some good beer drinking going on. Always a good time. That's right. And uh, we're going to jump straight into the news with some pretty crazy stuff that's been going on lately. Uh, first, we're going to start with the... Oh, oh, hold on. Lost my notes. Where'd they go? Oh, there we go. We're going to start with the uh, news coming out of Los Angeles County following uh, the acquittal of the four officers accused in the beating of Rodney King. Oh, yeah. There were several days of heavy looting and rioting, and it seems to have been... um, Contained mostly at this point, it the majority of the looting and the arsons took place over two days, um, which sort of came after you know protests started forming outside the courthouse as soon as the verdicts were announced, and then sort of related and unrelated to that elsewhere in. Los Angeles County and the city of Los Angeles. There were other incidents involving uh, the police and community members that uh, further uh, stoked tensions amongst the community. Sure. And other disturbances amongst the the townsfolk. Let's see, what else do I got here? Oh, the, uh, the mayor, Tom, uh, well, where does his last name go? Tom Bradley, uh, declared a state of emergency and a, uh, curfew, uh, a dusk to dawn curfew to, to help, uh, with the protest and rioting, to help control it. I'm not surprised. I heard a lot of people got hurt out there. Yep, uh, there were a couple big instances caught on live TV. Uh, Reginald Denny, uh, he was yanked out of his delivery truck and he was uh, beaten by a crowd of people. It was like Rodney King over again. Yeah, Uh, and then there was a couple other uh, similar instances that that occurred. And, um, of course, you got the Koreans... Rooftop shooters, that was going on. Yeah, I heard 53 people in total is the number I've got here. Got hurt in a billion dollars, what they estimate to be a billion dollars in property damage. So, if you say those are dying down, I'm glad to hear it. I'm sure a lot of people are. Yep, there was, um, well, within, during the major part of the, the riots, there was, about 4,000 or so uh, California National Guard troops and 
soldiers in the deployed into the city. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. And I think, um, yep, they uh, they even have reached out to the uh, like the the federal the Army National Guard to try to get them to come help out too. Well, I'm not too surprised. I just hope they uh, really get things back in shape out there. Me too. It's been a crazy couple of days, I'd say. Well, let me ask you. I mean, yeah. I'm sure everybody's asked themselves over the last few days. Uh, I'm sure people have been talking about it at work and with their families and everything. But are you surprised by the jury's, you know, how they decided that case? I mean, did you expect it to go that way or... or? Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were because... You know, the, the whole thing was, well, most of it anyway, I don't know about the whole thing, but it was caught on video camera, Yeah, and from the officers. What, from what I understand, they really worked him over pretty good, and of course the jury would have seen that. So I think it's kind of surprising. I mean, they were only charged with excessive force. So yeah, <laughs> to be acquitted, I mean, do you mm. think it it's right or righteous how people have reacted with these, these, uh, you know, riots and everything. I mean, well, surely not, not. not. Well, not all the, the you know, like the looting and the arson, but that's that's not righteous. But you know, the people showing up outside the courthouse, uh, protesting and stuff like that. That's that's all fine. Yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. You're right, and I've heard a lot of. Comp- People complain about the the jury, how there wasn't even one fully black person on the jury. It was all a majority white, a couple of Hispanics and Asians, but no black people. And a lot of people thought that wasn't quite uh, a fair jury selection. It is interesting. It is interesting. Yep, that's kind of the way the system goes, though, sometimes, it seems. Well, is that all you really had on that? I think so. Yep, that's that's all for now. I'm sure there could be more news about it in the next couple of days. Well, we'll just be sure and pray for everybody that died, everybody that's injured, everybody that still has to build back. Um, but you know, in, in, similarly to that, uh, I think we should also still be praying for those people that got hurt in that big earthquake. Did you hear about that? Back oh yeah. Yeah, it started on the 25th. And uh, it followed into the 26th, I guess the early morning of the 26th. They still had some pretty big aftershocks. Right. But, uh, yeah, there was a 7.2 on the Richter scale out there, 7.2 magnitude, um, out at Cape Mendocino in uh, the north coast of California. And uh, apparently it was pretty bad um, on the... Let's see. On the Mercalli scale, uh, it was a nine, which is considered violent. Um, the estimates for that were about seventy-five million in losses, and that one had as many, from what I understand, um, as many as three hundred and fifty-six injuries, people getting wow. hurt. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the video footage that's been submitted since then, but. The whole streets were rocked. Uh, 
some buildings came down, you know, some weaker buildings. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> it was pretty bad. And uh, I guess from what I understand, let's see here what I have written down. Um, it was the first instrumentally recorded event that showed a shallow angle thrust movement on the southern Cascadia subduction zone. And that's where, like, because of where these tectonic plates are coming in, uh-huh. hitting each other, on certain parts they hit and, and make the earth go up where they're making these new mountains and everything. Right. But on this other, on the subduction zone, that's where the land sort of kind of slips back in, uh-huh, folds yeah. kind of under. And so that's one of the more dangerous places out there in California. I mean, this whole area is considered dangerous because three tectonic plates mm-hmm. all meet there, and they're all pushing against each other all the time, you know, which has its own dangers for causing yep. these earthquakes and things like that. But particularly bad, from my understanding, you know, I'm no Geologist. expert on this, but... Um, from what I understand is that this Cascadia subduction zone, it, it, it has the potential to sort of sink in and swallow things up, swallow people. Uh, it could just slip, you know, fold itself right down into the earth here at this point. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting because the, the other two, the aftershocks, what are called aftershocks, right. they were considered um, strike slip events too and that's where sort of these plates are kind of like pushing past each other so if you if you fully take what i'm saying they didn't all happen in the same locale right um it sort of is like this three corners area right and uh they had little mini earthquakes well not many quite a big one and then they had two similarly and not as intense but two other big ones as well um that followed right after, but not in the same place. So you almost had like two different kinds of reactions all in the same day where one plate is banging against another. And then on the other side of where these three plates meet, you have two um, plates, two tectonic plates sort of rubbing up against each other as they're kind of going past each other too. So... I mean, that's some pretty scary stuff. I mean, we've all known uh, California has issues with earthquakes and everything like this. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, just to see it, um, you know, so recently. Yeah, Yeah, just a couple days ago, really. uh, Just still been on my mind. And, of course, we're still praying for everybody out there, too, that they rebuild. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, who knows? Maybe even some of these places will build back better. That's right. And earthquakes are one of those natural disasters you can, there's pretty much no warning for. And the only way to prepare for them is to build sound structures and uh, I guess have a safe place planned to go if you, you need to run somewhere when one occurs. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of lessons will be learned from right? this for, for many people. I mean, because it's not like, you know, the wildfires they have all the time out there, which, you know, do occur naturally on their own without any type of human intervention. But there is a lot of human intervention that can go into preventing 
wildfires and forest fires spreading as much as they do and causing as much damage as they do. But you don't really have the same kind of mechanisms, if you will, for earthquakes. They just come and get you when they get you. Sort of scary. But if you're a religious person, I mean, that's that's the sort of attitude we should take about our, our lives in general. You know, we, we could go at any moment. So you never that's know right. when the next big one's around the corner and you just have to do what you can and be ready to meet your maker. That's right. Just be prepared and not really worry about it. Because if you're always worrying about it, you're going to be like a, a nervous Nelly all the time. Wondering when it's, when it's going to get you. Yep. And is that all you got for your earthquake? Well, I will also just say thank God that's something we don't really have to worry too much about here in Ohio, you know. But, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but, yeah, we're praying for those people in California, and that's all I got. Yep. Well, sort of related, uh, this isn't an earthquake, but it's an object leaving Earth. It's... Uh, the launch of Space Shuttle Endeavor on its maiden voyage just happened the other day. At 11.40 p.m. Eastern Time, the shuttle launched from uh, Cape Canaveral. Yep, down in Florida. Yep, in Florida at the Kennedy Space Center. And it is on a... uh, It's expected to be a six-day mission. The primary mission is to, uh, basically, there's a, uh, uh, an Intelsat satellite, some kind of fancy satellite, that's not in the correct orbit, it's in low Earth orbit, and it needs to get to geosynchrony orbit or something like that. So, the people in the space shuttle are going up there to attach some kind of motor to it so it can push itself to the right spot in orbit, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah, isn't that neat? Boy, the things they can do these days. I know, right? And um, let's see. On board the Endeavor for its first trip into space is a crew of seven. And uh, Endeavor is... The first shuttle to replace uh, the Challenger shuttle, which we sadly lost only six years ago. Uh, yeah, that was a real time. heartbreak. Yep, sure was. It definitely was. Uh, but on the Endeavor, we got the crew of seven. It is uh, the pilot, Kevin Chilton, and then... Uh, everybody else has the same title, which is Mission Specialist, and there's six of them. And coincidentally, all all the crew members are on board are on their second space flight. But the other crew members are uh, Richard, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Hib or Hybe, H-I-B-E, probably Hybe, Bruce Melnick. Pierre, uh, uh, probably a French last name, T-H-O-U-T, something like that, Catherine Thornton, Thomas Akers, and that was it. 
All and right. let's see. I think I got a couple other notes. Uh, uh, yes. If the crew has time, there are other uh, payloads of opportunity experiments, as they call them. Um, and they include uh, commercial protein crystal growth experiment. Huh. No idea what that is, other than it sounds like some kind of crystals that turn into proteins. Yeah, sounds like some kind of Andromeda strain yeah. kind of stuff. You ever see that old 60s um, film? Some kind of ultraviolet plume imager. Sounds fancy. Yeah. And then Air Force Mali Optical Station uh, investigation. I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, I didn't try to look, but that sounds interesting too. You probably have to work at NASA to know that. Yeah. But good luck, crew, on your mission to space on board the brand new Endeavor shuttle. I'm excited to hear about it. I'm a big fan of space stuff. Now, let me ask you, you said it's maiden voyage and all that. So do they plan on using this shuttle again? I mean, do they hope that it'll hold up enough to, to use again and again, or, or what's with that? Uh, yeah, well, this is the shuttle. The shuttles are basic. Oh, uh, well, I shouldn't say they're like reusable rockets. They're not really. They're, they get launched on top of a rocket, I'm pretty sure, and then in space they can maneuver on their own and come back uh, like a kind of like a any other spacecraft like a giant airplane because it has like wings on it and stuff too um well that's pretty cool yeah so yep it's gonna come back and presumably they'll use it for other trips uh into space to do stuff wow it's it mostly goes up in in uh into an orbit they call it a space shuttle orbiter um and they go up and do different stuff on it I think sometimes they take it up to the space station to... Uh, oh, the ISS? Yeah. Yeah. To carry stuff up there and back. Well, that's really cool. I wish them Godspeed up there. That's right. Space. The last horizon. Or the final the frontier. That's it. Whatever. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the line. Close enough. All right. <clears throat> well... That was pretty cool. You know, my family's really into space. I'm sure, I'm sure that was televised. I didn't watch, but uh, I know they've filmed some of those things happening down there at Cape Canaveral before. So yeah, I know I probably had some family members glued to the old tubes. You know, to the tube set the other day. <laughs> I bet it's pretty neat stuff. I like it. Well, I'll tell you, my last topic that uh, really caught my eye here recently in the headlines is that, you know, the 27th Amendment just got ratified. It's now uh, in effect. Uh, nice. Our Constitution's been altered. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's kind of been an interesting story. I don't know if you've followed too much of it. It's kind of been going on slowly for a while now. But um, Alabama was just the last one to ratify it. 
and make it the 27th Amendment. But <clears throat> this all started with a kid. I forget his name. I could look it up here. I might in a moment. But um, a kid wrote a paper. He had done some digging around. Um, he was in college for social studies or something like that. And uh, he'd done some research on... Uh, you know, proposed changes to the Constitution over time. And uh, this 27th Amendment is actually something that one of the Founding Fathers, when I look at my notes here in a minute, I'll, I'll tell you these things, but um, it was a proposed amendment that one of the Founding Fathers originally, you know, put forward. And I guess several of the states, maybe 10 or so, kind of approved it at the time. Because I, as from what I recall, it was like 1789 or 1788 or something like that or 1793. I'll tell you in a second. But um was when it was originally proposed. And I guess a couple of states kind of adopted it right away. But not enough did. Hmm. So it kind of just laid dormant for a while. And then this kid wrote a college paper on how from his interpretation of the law and the Constitution and everything, there's no reason that the rest of the states couldn't still ratify this proposed amendment because several states had, and, and it was sort of just in this pending status for all these years. So maybe you mean like the states that weren't yet states at the time could now ratify it? Well, no, because let me get you the year. Okay. Because it was like 1793, so we were already a country and everything like that. Yeah. And so they proposed, he proposed later on, like when he was, I don't know, just serving as a senator or something like that. Um, he Or maybe he wrote it in, wrote it into the Congress, I don't know. But let's see here. I'll get you the date. First of all, the kid's name, who wrote the paper was Gregory Watson, okay? And it was in 1982 that he wrote this paper. Um, and it was in... Ten years ago. Yeah. And it was in 1789 that James Madison first proposed the amendment um, to the Constitution. So, let's see. 1789 was when it was first proposed by James Madison. By 1792, so three years later, only about six states had ratified it. The rest didn't see it as a big deal. They, they just didn't get around to it. They never did it. They never voted yes or no. So it never got decided. Oh, okay. So this kid threw out this theory that why couldn't the states still pass it right because it had been submitted before the states and it was up to them to sort of deliberate and decide if they were going to ratify this or not so <clears throat> the teacher gave him a c on the paper and <laughs> told him that she didn't think even though it was kind of a cool paper cool idea she didn't think it could really be done she, the, what she wrote in her terms was that it was a dead letter issue. Hmm. So, you know, sort of like, it's almost like she was trying to argue there was like a statue of limitations that had run out. Yeah. And so it didn't really matter. So the kid, 
got all upset that he uh-huh. didn't get an A. So he got bound and determined that he was going to go out and convince all these estates to ratify the 27th Amendment. And so slowly he chipped away at it. It took, from what I read, what, about 10 years or so for it to finally happen. <clears throat> from the time he wrote his paper. Uh-huh. And, but he did. He went out, and, and I think he only had to convince, let's say there were six, and I think maybe he had to get 38 total. So he had to get like 32 states or something, something to that effect. I mean, I'm not sure. I could sit here and read it. But um, he did. He went out and got several of the states, you know, like whatever two-thirds would be, um, to sign on. Huh. And so um, Alabama was the last one just the other day, and now the 27th Amendment is in effect. And just so you know, in case you haven't heard, but it's a it's a— amendment that bars congress from giving itself a midterm or retroactive pay raise so basically it says that the congress can't up its own pay until a new congress comes in so it's always whatever law they they make to affect pay is always going to affect the next congress not not the current congress right that makes sense So don't you think that's kind of neat? I yeah, mean, I had definitely neat. heard the news, but uh, and thought the news itself was interesting. You know, I like the idea of the Twenty Seventh Amendment. I think mm-hmm. those people make enough. I think we should pay them less. Yeah, uh, but you know, just my two cents there. But when I found out that that kid had been working so hard on it, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just felt like I had to tell that story. And and I think the university, somebody at that university. Ought to go back and change that kid's grade from a C to an A. Well, you because give he got a, it done. An honorary degree of some sort. That's what I would well, say. Well, from what I understand, he got his degree. <laughs> he just got a C in the cl- on the paper when he should have gotten an A. Well, I mean, you know, like an honorary, you know, a, sp- a special award. I guess. I guess getting an A on the paper would make him happy. <laughs> Well, yeah, it'd really show that teacher if she yeah. had to go back and change that grade. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, yeah, definitely pretty historic because, like we said already, that you know, changing or adding amendments to the Constitution doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Not an easy process, from Not what I understand. At all. You gotta get a lot of people to agree to it. Yep. So anyway, that's all that I had there in my notes. Well, nice. Unless you wanted to know more, because I could go a little deeper on the issue. And of course, for our listeners, the information will be available. Yep, we'll have the links in the show notes for uh, most of these stories. Well, that's all I had, so I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up if you're done. I am. All right, then. And listeners, if you haven't noticed, it is definitely not 1992, because that's the year that all these stories took place. This is actually 2022. We're 30 years later after these stories have taken place. That's right. And this is just a small example of some of the content that we do on our other show. 
the Wiki Wacky Radio Show. You can find it wherever you find this podcast. It's a little more lighthearted and not so news heavy. So we like to do little fun exercises like this where, you know, maybe we take a trip down memory lane once in a while. And usually on that show, the news stories aren't real at all, but... For this, we wanted to actually bring you some real news stories, but put a little bit of fun in what we typically bring you. Yeah, and maybe you didn't know too much about these stories, or you'd only heard them mentioned, and maybe you know a little more now than you did before. I know I certainly do. Uh, I do too. Um, It was definitely a little bit of a history lesson also, I'd say. I would have to agree with you. And I guess with that, Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also subscribe to our shows, both shows, on YouTube. And be sure to visit our website, contemporaryconservative.net, for additional content. And as always, thanks for listening.